ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Talk Nuffle podcast, uh, where today we're going to talk about corn, aren't we, Paul? Uh, demons of corn. <laughs> I just, uh, I've been told by all of the people coming on just to rib you for an entire hour or so about that, that fact. So I thought I'd get the joke in straight away. Um, well, just like in straight away. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, so yeah, listeners, we're going to talk about demons of corn today. Uh, and we've got Gagster on to talk about it. So um, he's played them a little bit, um, which is nice. And he'll hopefully give us some thoughts about the team and about um, probably frenzy in general and how to use it because that fits into a lot of other Blood Bowl teams and there are some really good uses uh, for that skill in general. Um, first of all, listeners, as you know, um, I've done a few of these race reviews now because I've got nothing else to do. Um, and we tend to try and use the, the Games Workshop Spike Max when we look at these teams as like a handrail if we can. Um, but of course, Demons of Corn are, uh, are a fan-made team, aren't they, Gagster? Correct. Well, um, fan-made? Would you, not, would you not clarify them as fan-made? Who, who made them then? No, 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 actually no. So, let's be, well, okay, so uh, they were brought about um, when the Cyanide brought out um, either Blood Bowl or Blood Bowl 2 on the PC. Yeah, Blood Bowl 1 that came out, they came out on. Yeah, okay. So, as far as I know, and I, this isn't gospel, uh, what happened is that uh, Cyanide wanted to release uh, a new roster Okay, um, to probably get people bought into a new um, de- that new version of the game, and uh, they decided uh, they were going to do Demons of Corn, and uh, I believe they had a, an idea of well, what are the best bits of of um, of the Corn Law, which would be Bloodthirsters and Bloodletters, I guess, had that as a theory is what they wanted in the game, and then they brought in um, some. Uh, people that were, um, well, certainly uh, historically involved in the rules, but maybe weren't GW at the time. Okay. So brought in a, a group of people and said, uh, Here, here's, it's got to have bloodthirsters, it's got to have bloodletters in it, but um, can you come up with a roster? Okay. Um, so no, I think the roster came up from, um, yes, it, you, I mean, you can call them fans, but it was under the dictate of... Uh, um, uh, the cyanide creation team. Yeah, no, fair enough. That that makes sense. But they're not. Um, have they been? They haven't been allowed in by Games Workshop in the sort of when they release the new stuff, have they? They haven't recognised Demons of Corn yet. Um, well, well, no. Uh, there's quite. That's quite complex in itself um, yeah. because the new edition has got uh, all of the 24 teams uh, apart from Slan. Yeah. But don't have Bretonians or Demons. Twenty-three teams. Twenty-three teams. Right. Slans, Slans are twenty-fourth. Bretonians and Corner the twenty-fifth and sixth. So twenty-three teams without Slan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, so, um, and yeah, yeah. It, it's complex. I mean, it's it's how they went that. But but where I was going with that, um, Gagster, I was going to say uh, we like to use the spike mags because me I personally, um, I played the game a lot in my youth. Um, had a massive gap and went Age of Sigmar, Fantasy, 40k, all those sorts of bits and didn't really touch Blood Bowl for nearly 10 years. Like I had a big gap where I was going off and doing that stuff. Whilst you were playing it um, <laughs> in abundance, as we know. Um, but, um, and then Gamesworks picked the game back up in 2016. And um, me personally, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of where they're taking it. That's one of the reasons I got back into the game. I think um, they picked back up on that kind of old school cartoony style of Blood Bowl and they've kind of fed off that. And 
one of the things I don't know if do you play any other games workshop games particularly Gextra or not or in, in your in your youth maybe or not got time yeah, I've played a few in my youth uh, but no nothing of note really no but one of the really interesting things about Blood Bowl is that um, it's probably one of their only games where they make like no attempt to balance it. It's kind of like if, if you want to win and take the really good teams like Wood Elves and Skaven and stuff, take those teams. and That's great. But they also, you know, the new team that's coming out now and we've seen all the stuff come out of Warhammer, Warhammer community for the Snotlings. It basically says in the fluff of them, these guys are shit. <laughs> and you kind of look at some of the stats and they are unashamedly shit. And games like that kind of don't mind that. It never occurred to me that uh, there was no other um, version of their games where they did that. But right from the start, they always said, well, um, halflings, goblins, other stunties. Yeah, these guys are rubbish. And they're, um, yeah, they were right from the start. And also things like Nurgle and Chaos and Demons of Corn. Now, you're right, they're, they're not top tier. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how they, that's come about? Yeah, and, and I was going to go with the Spike Mags. Like, what do you think of the Spike Mags and the way that they are bringing the new teams out and using that as a kind of vehicle to do it? Do you like it? Do you think it works? Fits in with the old school law? I think it's really fun, yeah. Um, I've helped with a couple of those. Um, uh, it's, it's, it is interesting to see. I think it's, it's quite a good concept, I think. Um, coming up with a Spike magazine every two or three months, a new team. I think we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of people like yourself, Tom, that comes back to uh, Blood Bowl, um, having not been playing it for a long time, um, through this new edition. And I think Spike's part of that. Yeah, I think you're right. It works. And it's good because it doesn't... And it's the same with um, Joe Mangion as well. And he kind of didn't even pick up on the fact that... So they've been slipping in some kind of Age of Sigmar fluff. And Blood Bowl has always been traditionally... A sort of different old world, but very much like a fan- what Warhammer fantasy setting, and not really, you know, you wouldn't think of it as Age of Sigma like Blood Bowl players, old school Blood Bowl players don't play Age of Sigma, and it's that's the new Warhammer thing. But they've been slipping in a few little bits, like for example, um, the Beast of Nurgle has changed to be called the Rotspawn, and that's yeah. an Age of Sigma piece of fluff. And like, oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And you're the same. Like um, Joe hadn't even noticed, and I think I think that's actually testament to how well they're doing because then you know the vets don't even care or notice <laughs> i knew the name had changed i just didn't know the name had come from that was sourced from there yeah and i think there's a few other little bits where they're like nodding their head to age of sigma and slightly bringing it sort of forward because a lot of the new guys coming in will they'll play age of sigma they won't have played fantasy because you know fantasy stopped you know five six years ago now so blood Bowl actually came out the new bubble after age of sigma so they do want to draw the new players in and it's just nice that they're not um <laughs> the veterans aren't even noticing, let alone getting pissed off, which is, which I think is the way delicately they're doing it is good, isn't it? Mm. I think one of GW's strengths recently is they had this, uh, they've come up with a bit more of a fun um, concept and their uh, games, um, they, they're not just quite so delineated. You know, for, you're either 40k or your fantasy and never the twain shall meet. You've got all these other games that have been brought around, um, both both versions of, the, of those big main, main, main games. So it's creating um, a lot more model opportunities and, and uh, uh, yeah, I, more recently, I think they, they've done a good job like that and spiked part of that, I think. And I like they've been dropping in little hints here and there. Like, for example, um, before the Snotling team came out, they actually dropped in um, that uh, inducement into one of the spike mags for the Ogres, which said that it was allowed by Snotling teams. And so everybody's like, oh my God, like brains are exploding. And I don't know if that yeah. was a mistake or a, or a real... I thought it was a typo. Say again? I thought it was a typo. 
Did you? <laughs> when you looked. <laughs> well, cause what happens if you, well, they obviously meant to say it, but um, the the point is, you, if you're working on half a dozen different new spikes, okay, it's not always obvious which one's coming out first, um, and so it'd be quite easy just to let let a typo in to say what's coming down the line. Not that. Not that it's important, really, obviously, to say, oh, the snotlings might be coming down the line. No, I think it's interesting. It does, it does provide speculation, because, for example, um, another piece of speculation has been going around on the internet, and going wild. There's been, like, um, the new star in the Undead book, where they've got, uh, like, a Banshee star. And yeah. there is a Banshee player in Bubble. So people are probably, yeah, people are wildly speculating about whether there might be a new Banshee player. And I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to speculate, because that's the kind of routes they've been going down, isn't it? Sorry, well, of course, there's Banshee player. Oh, Banshee player or roster player or star in the Undead uh, book, but there is no Banshee yeah. player in Blood Bowl at the moment, so it's not unreasonable to speculate and say, well, maybe there'll be a Banshee player in one of the Undead teams coming out in the future. That's what people have been talking about. Uh, okay, but doesn't the fluff explain that um, she took up Blood Bowl um, because of? Uh, she was getting annoyed because her um, husband was either a player or a fan and just wasted all his money on it, which sounded um, pretty terrifying for, <laughs> for all the blood bowl males. <laughs> the ultimate wife, blood bowl wife coming in and just <laughs> getting stuck. Yeah, I, I, I think you read the fluff. I think that's clear that it's, uh, she's, she's picked up the, the, the blood bowl because she's, um, she's had enough of it, essentially, um, and wants to uh, wreak havoc. That's fair, but there is, there are, I don't think there's any other example in Blood Bowl at the moment where there is a player who's a star who doesn't have a roster equivalent of some sort. And the what Banshee's... About the goat? Say again? What about goat the Zoat? Oh, exactly. I mean, that's another thing one can speculate about, isn't it? About whether there'll be a... People were, they were like, oh my God, will there be a Zoat thing? And I, I, I would have thought, and you know, this is me wildly speculating, that Games Workshop might see that sort of thing coming out. I think, oh, People like Zoat, you know, maybe they'll think that that'll come out. So they might feed off that and think... Well, it's Zoat, I think. I'm pretty sure it's Zoat. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Yeah. I think it's Zoat, but we'll agree. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the thing, the one thing, well, there's a few things we know about Zoats. Um, uh, they are extremely rare and solitary. Okay. So I think it's fair to say uh, we'll probably only ever see a, a star. And it's not, it's not the type of thing you would expect a team from. Fair enough, Gagster. I just uh, just asking you a few questions about those little bits and bobs. I know listeners will want me to piss you a little bit, but uh, we know that you can't say too much. Um, but thanks for thanks for being sporting and having <laughs> having a chat about it. Oh, what do you think about the um, the sports giant rules? Because that's bringing back old school rules in, and that's really cool, isn't it? Because that's that's from like Blood Bowl two, was it? They used to have where they take up extra space. I think it was two. It was either two or three. I'm looking. <laughs> I've asked you on the spot now. Yeah, okay, so second edition, yeah, it's late 80s. Um, yeah, there, there, there was very big players at the time which took up, yeah, you're right, a, a four square. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a throwback for sure. Um, I've not played with it or against it. Um, uh, it seems pretty fun, I guess. Um, a lot of... Yeah, I, I've not played with it, so I, I can't really... Yeah. That's fair enough. It's a shame, actually, because... Um... The DBL guys were going to have their backbreaker, their London event they have every year. They were basically having a sports giant theme, so they dropped his cost from like 300k to 100k. So they were basically encouraging everybody to take sports giants. They were going to have like a, a painting competition for the best sports giant and all that kind of thing and try and get everyone to take him. Um, so it would have been a shame because we would have seen him in action and there would have been lots of ridiculous like surfing. Because they've tried to 
stop it by giving him uh, stand firm. So hopefully there won't be too many pushbacks. But I, I can see the, the cogs whirring with players trying to figure out where people get pushed to and how that kind of works um, in your head. But um, without further ado, uh, Gag, so let's dive into the corn team because they actually... Demons of corn. Demons of corn, sorry. Demons of corn. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you one day. Uh, but they have a similar function where, you know, with all the frenzy... Um, that becomes a bit of a headache for new players, doesn't it? Well, I, I should, should we go on to that? The reason I think it's important to call them Demons of Corn, because... Yeah, OK, you can, I'll allow you your moment to talk no, about no, that. No, no, that was... Um, if you look at the, the individual players, and I think the, what was the, um, uh, the remit was that they, ha- they, are the, they are a demon team. They've got a Bloodthirster and, a, and Bloodletters. Um, so uh, they are um, they're demons as opposed to looking at... Um, by, no, by the comparison of Nurgle, those are Nurgly players, aren't they? And if you look at anything GW-wise, they always seem to... The, the demons are the, uh, the, demon, the demon version, then the mortal versions of all, the, of, um, all these uh, chaos powers seem to be a bit different. Oh, so does that mean we're going to be getting a corn mortal team, Gexter? Well, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I think that means that... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I'm only joking. Yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. Um, but let's dive into the team then, where the uh, the first uh, player on the list, Gangster, is a demon, isn't it? A pit fighter. That that would be a demon then, would it? No, <laughs> I don't think it is actually. Things are mortal, so uh, yeah. Of course, it's four lines straight away. But there are demons on the team, so it's a demons of corn. There are demons on the team, and we will go into those. So yeah, these guys, Gagster, and we've had a little chat in the pub about these, actually, and I think we, we disagree, which is fine. I mean, you know a lot more about the game than I do, but um, it's my podcast, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Pit Fighters, they're effectively um, they're human lineman stats, so they move six, strength three, agility three, armor eight. Um, and they're 60k, so they're 10k more. And kind of for that 10k, you get Frenzy, uh, and you get general and passing access. So that 10k is kind of what you get for that. And the argument we've had or the debate we've had before is, you know, frenzy isn't necessarily a positive skill in every situation, is it? But you, you think it is. You think that's why they've got that cost factor built in. Well, it's why they've got the cost factor built in, but I agree with you that it's not positive in, in all instances. Um, it can be terrifying. They, okay. uh, um, I think better blood bulk occurs when you have control of, your, of a part of the pitch and... Um, uh, the demon team, the one the pit fighters specifically, cause havoc because they go wherever the hell they want. Um, you can't control where they're going to be. And we will, um, and so before you dive into it, we will talk about Frenzy in detail in the sort of tactics section in a minute. Um, but I just thought it's worth flagging up because they, they are quite expensive for linemen, aren't they, with some other expensive players. And for me, that's slightly a problem with the, whole, with the team as a whole because they've got expensive linemen and quite expensive positionals, so they kind of struggle to get all the bits and bobs you want, which, you know, you have to play around, but that's one of the weaknesses of the team. Yeah, agreed, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't think you would disagree there. Um, there's a couple of ways you can develop these guys. I mean, um, they, um, and again, when we go into the tactics, you'll kind of see why, but they do really need block, don't they? Block is a, is a big, is, is yeah. one of the staple skills to give these guys, isn't it, with that frenzy? Yeah, well, block or wrestle, um, they just need to stop turning over. Um, <laughs> Start people getting people on their backside um, and stop getting on their own backside. So yeah, block and wrestle are their, uh, their main skills, particularly block. And it is really useful as well that they've got passing because um, I don't know if we'll talk about right at the end of this bit, we'll talk about um, sort of starting league builds. Um, but if you're going to start with a bloodthirster, 
you're only going to have two or three rerolls absolute maximum and you can yep. get leader early on can't you yeah yeah definitely uh i think two would be a standard start and therefore you've you've got if you can get um the first skill you're going to get on one of these is just going to be um leader okay um and now uh Gagster, we will come on to a demon because uh, you know there are some on this Demons of Corn roster. No, there are yep. some on this roster. Um, the Bloodletter. I mean, the Bloodletter is um, is a really powerful piece in this, isn't he? Because he's got that gas access that is um, is the Holy Grail. A lot of Blood Bowl players don't have it. There's not many with gas access, are there? <laughs> you know how many? Come on, here's a question for you. How many have got gas? Um, I'm going to go with four players. I'm trying to think. Bloodletter, um, the War Dancer. The uh, oh, uh, has he not got general? No, no, so he's got general agility, hasn't he? Uh, the um, as I say, the vampire, so that's two, yeah. Um, oh, the slam blitzer, that's three, slam blitzer, slam blitzer yeah. Uh, oh, that's three. Is there are there more? Uh, no, well, no, I don't think so. No, the I, I actually don't know. I, the knights and the Bretonians have got gap, but they haven't got gas. Yeah. Um, I think those are the three. Yeah, no, yeah, I had my. I didn't, think, I didn't think you were going to get Slam Blitzer, but yeah, there's at least three. Yeah. No, the Slam Blitzer is often overlooked, but he's got some great. And that, I think that's kind of where we go with these guys is that um, they're not great out of the gates because they haven't got um, loads of good starting skills unless you're looking at Juggernaut, is obviously really handy. They are fantastic out of the gate. All right, and tell me why then. Because they're the only people on your team that haven't got Frenzy. Well, yeah, that, that is true. They're the only guys that can reliably block without following up and you have to uh, stop them. So do you take a lot of these in your starting roster? Uh, yeah, I'd have two or three. Okay. And um, do you develop those in different kind of ways? Um, do, you, like, get, do you use them for mainly ball carrying or do you use them for other bits and bobs? Well, certainly one will be ball carrying, certainly. Yeah, so he's going to go like block and um, short hands and all those good sorts of skills. No, I tend not. Bob, I, actually, yeah, I tend not to want short hands um, uh, unless you're in a league where you've got uh, some terrifying war dancers. Um, you don't find too much strip ball, so I think it'd be more sensible to have block and dodge on your ball carrier okay. um, as your first two skills, and then maybe look at short hands later down the line if you need it. Yeah, I still probably would avoid it unless there was too much strip ball. Um, I would be thinking more. Um, remember, he's got horns. So he's a pretty fantastic blitzer. He can blitz his way out of trouble. Um, so, yeah, you might go, you might go tackle um, for your ball carrier. Um, uh, but, yeah, sure hands isn't, isn't too shabby. And then you've got your other ones, um, and they are going to be, uh, well, they're backup ball carriers, but they're going to be blitzing as well. Um, sometimes you better blitzers are other people, but because um, remember they've got they've got this horns and juggernaut, um, so uh, they are um, they're pretty fantastic blitzers. And the thing is actually weird that you say to turn on its head. These guys could well take strip ball, and um, that'd be really good with the horns and uh, juggernaut as like a sacker. I mean that's what I took on my league, but I didn't do very well, so that might be that yeah. Might be okay, so but, yeah. If you're looking at the stats of a guy without sure hands, if you're going down the gigster route of not using it, then actually a guy with strength four on the blitz and strip ball is going to get the ball pretty reliable, isn't he? He is, although if he's got wrestle and tackle, um, then he's going to get the ball more reliably um, without having to worry, without having to waste the skill. And having, and he, if you haven't got a player with, with um, 
uh, with sure hands you're hitting, then you're sort of wasting the skill, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's true. But yeah, these guys, I mean, they, um, yeah, they've got pretty, the whole team has got movement six, which is quite interesting about this team. But yeah, he's movement six, strength three, agility three, armor seven. He has got regen, so that kind of saves him a bit, yeah. but he's quite squishy, isn't he? He, t- he tends to die. Now, he's very squishy, and uh, I think this is a, one of the main problems. Uh, you have, you've got some sniffy people in the community that think uh, Demons of Corn shouldn't be allowed. And they're mostly sniffy because um, you shouldn't have these, uh, well, bloodthirsters and bloodletters, quite frankly, are not as weak as they make out to be on this, in, in this version of, um, of the team. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, well, it- I would argue that we probably can't, none of us can get too sniffy about uh, a game that's got uh, goblins, orcs and space frogs <laughs> playing yeah. American football. Yeah, exactly. That's that's always the hilarious thing, isn't it? When people are like, that's unrealistic. And I'm like, but we've got yeah. dragons and shit. I mean, like, what's, what, what's realistic about that? <laughs> absolutely right. But yeah, the blood letters, you can get four of these guys. And um, and if you're going to play a longer league, you're going to end up with all four because they bring a bit more reliability to your game than they without the frenzy and stuff. Um, but yeah, the next guys, and the guy, these are the guys I actually have a real problem with, Gegster. And, you know, it's... it's these are my favourite players. I know. Well, I, I'm not saying they're bad. I just have a problem with the, particularly in a starting roster. And I think that's, that's my problem with corner. Maybe I didn't play well enough to do well starting. I just think they're so weak starting off because, and yeah, you get two of them. They're the corn heralds, move six, strength three, agility three, armor eight. So they're like human linemen in terms of their stats. And then they've got all these good skills if they're blitzing. And there's two of them, remember, um, frenzy, horns and juggernaut. And horns and juggernaut only affect the blitz. And they do have general and strength access for 90k. And I'm just, mm. for me, it's that, that cost with the skill set. Because if they're not blitzing you, and, they, and you, know, you haven't started to skill them up yet, they're effectively a 90k human lineman it, with the frenzy, sure. But it, yeah, this is where we differ. I think they are um, absolutely key people, key players. No, they, I don't think they're not because they've got that strength access, haven't they? They're going to be the guys getting your guard to make those reliable frenzies. Absolutely. Yeah? Guard is critical for these guys. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing there. I just think that off the bat, that 90k, and that's why, for me, one of the reasons that corn, demons of corn, corn are, are so difficult for tournaments because these guys are so expensive and you can't get enough skills to make them effective. I just think yeah. that, that 90k is what I struggle with. Yeah, so um, it depends what we're talking about with league or, or, or tournament. Um, but I think they are, if you think of the, if you think of the entire team, okay, you win Blood Bowl by either position or attrition, okay? Um, ideally, you're trying to win on both, on both counts. Uh, and attrition can be, can be fixed by uh, pushing uh, people off the pitch, which is where Frenzy comes in. Now, uh, Frenzy, uh, the amount of times you think, oh, I've got my opponent into a fantastic position. The person's two squares from the end zone. I'm going to, not end zone, the sideline. This person's going to be in the crowd. I'm going to have numbers. And uh, whenever you get that, that's when you get double pal, and that person's on the floor. Oh, you can't roll double pal. <laughs> yeah. right. um, uh, when you um, when you blitz with the heralds, uh, because you can turn both downs into pushes. Now, of course, if you do roll both down, then of, sorry, both down, uh, double put, double pal. They are going down, not off. But the the chance of you getting off the pitch is so much higher with the heralds. With the, the, the pit fighters, they haven't got blocks. You can't do it reliably. With the, um, uh, the blood fighters, they haven't got frenzy. Yeah. Right? 
Um, and with the bloodthirster, well, he often, whenever you feel it's his turn to shine, he's, he's standing around roaring, not doing anything. It's the heralds that are the reliable blitzers and they've got the uh, juggernaut, they've got the frenzy, they've got the horns. Whenever they blitz, they're likely hitting two dice. Um, and uh, if you're combining it with uh, a pit fighter that was sort of in contact near a sideline, you can push someone who was four squares from the sideline into the pitch with only one person blocking him closer than the Herald coming in and, and uh, taking him off. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. I, it's kind of thinking about that where they actually become so powerful with the frenzy and the horns and the juggernaut because they're the only player with all three. Um, that does make sense. Yeah, for me, it's... I'm just wondering if that's worth 90k, whether they, you know, even because I've done a few bills myself, even if they were 80k, I just think it makes more sense. I just think they're just slightly too expensive for where mm -hmm. they fit into the team. Um, but, you know, well, there are I'm a lot of players like that. Now, I've only done one league team with them um, and several tournament builds. And I always have to, um, in a tournament build, I'd guard both. Um, not because of the, the power of, well, that's not helping them take people off the pitch but it is helping everybody else get stronger because frenzy is going to get you into a pickle okay so that guard helps with that um of course it's not helping as i say clear people off the pitch but they don't need help with that because they've got the built-in skills yeah. that's right yeah for sure for sure and we'll go a, a little bit more into the tactics and the frenzy um in just a sec but let's talk about the bloodthirster first because he's the he's the reason to play the team right he's a <laughs> gangster shaking his head i just remember in the league build your bloodthirster did basically fuck all for the first like half of that league, didn't he? he? Just did nothing. He just couldn't. I remember you going, "He's not skilled up yet. I've just not got him anything on it." On well, it. so yeah, he um, he was a little bit of a laughing uh, joke, a little bit of a joke because uh, we got to about half through the season, and he, he he at that point he did one casualty in six or seven games, one casualty. Think, I mean, come on, come on, dude, he's got claw. <laughs> No. And this is like a demon god of like the universe, you know. He should be killing yeah. the world. For a start, he, for a start, he should be straight seven or eight, shouldn't he? Clearly, yeah. by comparison, he should be stronger than a than a minotaur, but he isn't. Okay, fine. So we've got to suspend that disbelief. Um, mine was uh, just not getting anywhere. Um, now he did he did skill up early, which was uh, strength in in our league. Um, I think he got an MVP and. Um, well, he did, he did get one casualty early, but he was on he was on one casualty for so long because he yeah he refused to injure anybody. <laughs> Having said that, he was strength six and he was terrifying, and he helped the rest of the team build, even though he wasn't doing much. Um, so yeah, he I think although um, yeah I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy them, um, and uh, I think I did okay with them, but he very much helped. Yeah, I mean, sorry, do you say you're strength six? So you get strength up on him, did you? You got strength up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it. So you got strength up and then you didn't... That, I remember you saying that because you're like, why have I taken the strength? Because I'm not actually able to kill anyone with it. And it's, it, it is really good, isn't it? But it's like... Well, but, there was never any doubt of taking strength for him because strength, strength six... Um, he blitz by himself, can't he? Yeah, of course he wasn't... Um, well, he, was always, he could always blitz by himself. <laughs> I mean, three dice by himself with no assists is just actually... is actually really good when you don't have to put him in that position. Yes, um, but the thing when uh, he worked on strength six because uh, my opponents, even when I couldn't knock my opponent down, they were unlikely to be able to knock him back um, yeah. because of that extra strength. Yeah, and he's a, and he's a big consideration, isn't he? I mean, just his stats quickly. He's basically like a minotaur on crack. Like we said, he's he's moving six, so he's faster with that frenzy, which yeah. is great. 
strength five, edge one, and then armor nine, which is yeah, yeah. nice. Um, he doesn't have the thick skull, but he's got regen, and he's got frenzy, wild animal, claw, and he gets mighty blow on the strength. And he's got juggernaut, which is great on a big guy. And I think that's where I was going, Gigster, in that, um, you know, this guy's actually a real consideration for things like strength, things like pro, where, it's the, where block isn't necessarily off the bat a, a great choice because he's got jugs. So if he's doing so you know what, pro? Yeah, you can take, I think you can take pro on a double instead of block because you've got juggernaut already. Um, like, he's the one who statistically will um, gain the most out of that because he's already, if you're blitzing with him, he's already got that jugs to, to sort of, and actually pro is going to help you uh, knock people over more statistically. But. Well, I would take tackle if you took a dodge. If you took um, a double, I wouldn't take pro necessarily. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, um, but, and you could, you could take dodge even. You, uh, <laughs> you chuck that in. Dodge is not stupid on this guy to stop him from getting knocked over, is it? I'm just think, I think I'm saying where a lot of big guys, it's almost a no-brainer to take block. But a guy who's starting with Juggernaut, yeah, it makes him much more effective from getting hit, like we said. And, you know, he can block people without blitzing. But, but you don't have to. Like, there are options you can look at. Yeah. Why would you give him dodge? Uh, just to, to make him more reliable and not get knocked over. Um, so I, I had a blodge yeti in um, in the DBL league. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I rolled block and uh, I rolled two doubles, and yeah. he already had strength. So he was a blodging strength five yet uh, mighty blow yeti, and he was ridiculous. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> but I did have a debate. I was like, shall I take tackle? But often I don't know whether that's the same in the in the demons of corn team, Gagsa, because actually in my Norse team I had. Um, I had two players with tackle, and I'd actually um, I'd had an Ulf killed. So um, I had quite a late developing Ulf, who I actually chucked Wrestle on because he ended up being my sort of sweeper guy at the back, and I already had a load of other guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just I was like talk, thinking about tackle, and I was like, I don't really need this on the Yeti. So it does come down to your your team and how it's been developed. Um, and I think that's what I was saying about the Bloodfest. So he's got more choice than just block. Which yeah, you're, you're right. You've got to build your team uh, as a team as opposed to, well, this, is, this person should always develop in this way. Um, it's, yeah, they've got to complement each other, haven't they? And I just, a lot of the newer guys listening, people, people often read like Blood Bowl blogs and Blood Bowl how to do's, and, and they're like, oh, well, you have to develop your player like this. And it's, it's just not the case. It's, it is, like you said, the team, isn't it? It's, well, what, do I, what do I need right now? What opponents have I got coming up that are play and actually is going to be a useful tool for my team? Yeah. yeah. We're agreeing. Um, right, Gigsa, shall we, uh, shall we take, we'll take a quick break here. We've gone through the roster and had a little look at the corn or demons of corn. I mean, how many demons did we actually discuss there? Well, I'm not quite sure how you quantify a herald. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got five. We know we've got five. It might be seven. It isn't any more than that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we, we've gone through the, the demons of corn roster. Oh, we just... Um, we'll, uh, we'll tip our hats here because um, usually uh, when we go through a podcast, we also run through all the stars and stuff. I just don't think the stars, um, and we can have a quick chat in the tournament sector of whether any make any difference. But I don't, I don't think they make a lot of difference. And we'll run through them in the in the chaos race with you anyway, because they're all the okay. They're they're basically some of the chaos stars you can take with the demons of form. But are there any that stand out, um, Gegster, for a league thing that you would take if you had lots of SPP or? Uh, can lots you of uh, remind me of the list? Yeah, you can get uh, Max, who's a chainsaw. Uh, you can get with a grasp, double draw, who's actually he's pretty yeah, he's, good he's great. A yeah. Rattler, um, and actually you might take him on this team. And then you get Skyler, who, yeah, he's got, he's, he's fun. He's got some cool shit, but I don't, you probably wouldn't take him. Lord Borak, he's a 300k, but he's got block and mighty blow and stuff. I mean, I've looked at trying to get him into a, into a tournament build, um, potentially for that reliability. And then they get Grashnak as well. Um, but they've not, they've not got a lot of... Has anyone ever seen Grashnak in a, uh, in a tournament scene? 
<laughs> he's one of those people. Him and uh, um, who's the who's the who's that old ghoul? Um, Jay Erlice. Oh yeah, Erlice. Yeah, yeah. But there's like a there's like wanted posters out on the street looking for these guys. They've never been fucking seen anyway. Yeah, um, Withergrasp is useful very much. So I, I've seen him in a couple of uh, demon teams. Um, uh, yeah, wrestle and tackle as a as a combo is, is very good. Also, that prehensile tail. Uh, yeah, and tentacles. And tentacles, yeah, he's got both. Yeah. It's actually more useful than you think. Like, if you've got gutter runners and, you know, wood elf catchers and annoying strength two shit, it's, and even strength three, he makes a repentant roll dice, and, and that's what you want to do, isn't it, Gexter? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll run through, listeners, we'll run through all those stars in the, in the chaos um, run through uh, in detail, because, um, you know, we'll probably go through that with Yogi, who's basically not got a lot to do other than drink beer and talk about bubbles. So we'll be able to talk through those stats in detail. Uh, but yeah, we'll take, um, take a quick break here and we'll come back and chat tactics and frenzy and all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Talk Nuffle podcast, where today we're talking about, um, what are we talking about again, Gigs, right? Uh, corn, Demons is it? Demons of corn. Demons of corn. Thank you very much. Uh, we've, we've run through the roster and had a little nod to, to how you develop your players. Um, we're going to talk now about general tactics with the team. And I don't think we can, we can start that anywhere else but Frenzy, can we? I mean, Frenzy is why you take this team, correct? Yeah. I mean and that was one of the interesting things I was actually playing um simultaneously in both the DBL and the ECDBL with um with uh Demons of Corn uh in the ECDBL and uh Norse in the DBL and I was actually thinking every single week because I was literally going to the pub on like Monday and playing with Norse and being like cool I've got um actually and and I had a chat with Walton on the on the uh Norse chat I don't really rate the blitzers, so I didn't actually have many blitzers. I had one blitzer by the end. Uh, but I had the Ulf winners, which were a lot more reliable, and the Yeti. Um, but, and then I was going on Tuesday and playing in the ECBBL with all this other frenzy with the corn and just having a pretty terrible time of it. So, and I was thinking to myself, why play the Demons of Corn over the Norse if you want to use frenzy? Um, question. Um, well, why choose any rubbish team? <laughs> so, As I said earlier, I... Uh, they're a challenge. Um, Norse are considered a better team. So uh, they, they're not in the top range, I think, for most, but um, they are pretty good. Demons are supposed uh, a lot harder to play. So you, you handicap yourself a little bit. Um, they've got a lot more fluff, I think, the, the demons. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, they're a very strange breed. We didn't really talk about it earlier, but um, a lot of people don't like them, apart from the sniffy ones. Uh, because uh, because you either completely dismantle your opponent um, because you take so many blocks, get players up, keep going, or you fall apart because you you turn over every ten seconds and the opponent walks in for. And then a lot of people complain there's not there's no middle ground, and I, I think that's a little bit of fair criticism because uh, they can proper tee off and kill everything and other, at other times be absolutely terrible. And the opponent's sitting there going, well, I'm almost not part of this game. I'm just waiting to see whether you're going to roll high or low. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. And, and it's interesting, we had a, a chat with Joe Manji on the uh, Skaven podcast about 
you know, the reliability in Blood Bowl and how you always, you know, if you're a really good player, I say good player, if you're a really competitive player and you're playing uh, the game in that style, you're trying to increase the reliability of what you're doing and like decrease the reliability of your opponent's doing. So you're trying to throw as few dice as you possibly can to achieve your goals and make your opponent throw lots and lots of dice. So corner like the anti that because you're, and it can be really effective. Like I said, you're, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the stats now and I've made a few notes. You can have quite easily, um, and this is without extra skills, just have 11 frenzy players on the pitch. And that's 44 block dice per round. I mean, that's, you know, if you actually look at that, but increasing those odds. And so, but again, I had a chat with Joe Manji about how that can be really good if you're um, not quite as good a player as your opponent and you think your opponent's better than you throwing those unreliable elements in can actually skew it in your favor because you're making it, you know, you're making more of a chance. And if you can play that well, um, you can kind of make your opponent, if, they, if they're better at Blood Bowl than you, you can actually skew it in your favor. Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, yeah. No, a, a good part of Blood Bowl, an interesting part of Blood Bowl is identifying uh, how to win. And, and one of those is if you are at a disadvantage, either through um, race or um, through ability, trying to, trying to tip the board, tip the chances. Yeah. And, and that's, we talked about chainsaws and things like that, where actually chainsaws can be good because your opponent doesn't actually know what the hell's going to happen. And neither do you. So that can be good. But yeah, let's look at, um, let's talk about frenzy a little bit, Gagster. I mean, there's two, for me, there's two features of frenzy. You might agree, you might disagree, and that's fine. Um, I kind of see it as, um, you know, number one, which is definitely in your favour, is that you can push players one square further than they normally would. So if you're multiplying that in by a lot, if you're playing against uh, caging teams or teams that are trying to screen you and stuff, and pushing their players an extra square can actually really fuck with their plans because they've been thinking about where players are going to be and suddenly they're one square further. But also for surfing. But then number two is this kind of, um, you have to block again. So early on in the corn team, when you've got no blocking skills apart from you know, Juggernaut, for example, on the Blitz, that's really bad because it amplifies the chances of it going wrong. But it also amplifies the chances of it going right, doesn't it? So that it's a kind of that's right. this well, and that kind of approach. Well, yeah, and that plays into my previous point that sometimes uh, you don't get a normal distribution of dice. Either it all goes brilliant and you kill your opponent or you don't actually get anywhere and you kill yourself. Um, yeah, you're right. You, you can push your opponent around a little bit, and that's fantastic. Um, and it might mean you have more opportunities to kill them, uh, but yeah, more chances to fall over. Did you often find that in, um, in the DBL, sorry, DBL, the ECBBL league that we both played? Did you find that you were often pushing people out of position where they were like, oh shit, you know, now I'm actually where I don't want to be, and that was happening quite often? Or No, I didn't find um, I was pushing them out of position. I was more worried about being out of position myself. Because that's what I think about with Frenzy. I mean, you need to use it like that, don't you? You need to, yes, you know, you don't want to get put, pulled out of position, but you need to use it to your advantage. So you need to use it to push your opponent out of position. And actually, if your player ends up, you know, so like, for example, with the corn, when you're, um, you want to stay near the centre and push your opponent aside to the sidelines where you've got this, the advantage, don't you? Yeah. I, uh, I'm always trying to, I'm, I'm trying to win by attrition or position um, and uh, the demons of corn team um, if you if you're trying to be a bit careful with the blocks you don't want to turn over uh, and you're also mindful of your position sometimes you you're not very you're not going very far so it is uh, it's a really interesting balance you've got to try and um, 
build across. You, you can't against a good opponent. They're just going to stand a, a line of defence. So you've got to engage at some point, um, and that's when things will either go very right or very wrong. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't got well. And that's the thing about this bash team. They haven't got the strength. And um, I actually look at these, and we'll we'll have a discussion about this because I know that you wildly disagree. And the listeners will probably agree with you because you play a blood for a long, lot longer than me. But I kind of see the corn as a juxtaposition between Amazons and Chaos in terms of how they play the game. And uh, one of the things they don't have when they're on their offense is that strength that the Chaos do to, to punch through. They've got reliable blitzing, so they can use the strength for blitz to, to get two dice for sure. But they can't, you know, mark up with strength for warriors or anything like that. They've got to use Frenzy to punch those holes and you have to take risks, don't you, in order to do it effectively. Sometimes, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I see them, the reason I bring the Amazons, and, um, and hopefully Gagster will get you on again to talk about Amazons, because I know that your uh, people were baying if you saw about Amazons, actually. And I was like, no, we're going to talk about Demons of Corn. I think they're much more interesting and people will prefer to hear about that. Well, I, I think you're right. They are uh, much more interesting. Demons, they've got a variety of different players um, with lots of different skills and interesting ideas. And they're not the best team. Okay, so I think they're quite interesting. Quite like Necro. Necro have got a very wide base of players, lots of different skills. You've got to get the right person in the right place at the right time. Amazon's complete opposite. We joke, um, uh, me and my friends, that we joke, you, a bag of sand could play Amazon's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because uh, Guns on Team Keen has been loving his Amazon's recently. And that, <laughs> I think that's funny to, funny to gather in. I mean, why I think they're like Amazons, and I'll, I'll explain it to you, and you can shoot me down. That's absolutely fine. I just think um, they're just corner, you know, bloodthirster aside, and we'll talk about him a little bit more. But bloodthirster aside, you know, they're they're effectively loads and loads and loads of movement six, strength three uh, pieces, and they are a quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotes bash team, but they haven't got any strength. They haven't got any killing power. Um, yeah, they, they're off the bat, apart from the fact you've got the Amazon Blitzers with Block, obviously, off the bat, they're sort of quite similar from that, um, from that perspective. They're, you know, surprisingly fast for a Bash team. Actually, movement six across the board. If you look at the other Bash teams, very few of them have that. I can't think of other Bash teams that have actually got that amount of maneuverability in terms of the speed. But they do need to also buddy up to actually get through stuff. Like Amazons, you can't, you can't just go toe-to-toe with your opponent as an Amazon team. You're going to run it, aren't you, as an Amazon team? You're going to try and run through your opponent. You're not going to pass it particularly. But you need to move the ball in a similar kind of way where you're going to need to buddy up, get those two blice blocks which where they make sense. And I just think that Korn, in their terms of their running game, play in quite a similar fashion. And that's, that's how I see them. Okay. <laughs> um, comments, thoughts, just disagree off the bat. <laughs> so, so demons of Korn. Um, <laughs> uh, they are, they're a lot, lot weaker. Um, yeah, so you're right, of course, they've got movement six uh, across the board. Um, so they are the same speed. Um, but uh, Amazons have got so much more about them um, in their blocking um, security. Uh, they've got um, easy, ac- very, very easy access to guard. Uh, so either tournament build, obviously, just give it to them, or um, you can just obviously create it through SPPs and league play. Yes, but Demon um, Corn have got six players with straight off the bat access to guard as well, um, with the two heralds and the four blood letters, if you want to go that route. Yes, okay, so yes, they do have that, okay, but uh, with Demons of Corn, you, you've got no control over your, your players, essentially. The position is, is not down to you. you. You've got to be very careful about how you manage that. With Amazons, it's completely the opposite. 
Um, they're also, well, completely the opposite. So I think on position wise, it's, um, there's, there's no similarities between them. Okay. And as far as um, uh, resilience, um, the Amazons, because they've got dodge, and in very early games and leagues, there's not a lot of other teams with block. There's no, very few with tackle. So they're not going, they're not falling over. They may only be armor seven Amazons, but they're not falling over. So it's quite easy to, um, to, to force uh, a hole and push through it with Amazons. With Demons of Corn, there's just, there's no chance. Y your opponent can screen off. If you go toe to toe, you'll be the one on your backside with no momentum. Um, that's not how Amazons work, um, which is why I think they're a lot simpler to play. That's and why I enjoy them. So how do you, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do you build momentum, you know? So let's look at both the offense and defense of the corn. Um, how do you build momentum on the offense with, with a corn team? How, how do you use the frenzy to do that in order to get that momentum? How do you do it? Well, uh, that's a very good question. Um, and I'm not, there is no simple answer because it obviously depends who and how you're, you're, you're playing. I mean, some people will try and engage with you and, and that's quite, if, you, if they're engaged, it means you can take a lot of blocks. Um, so, of course, get guard in the right place, making sure that when you are hitting with pit fighters, uh, they have the opportunity to, to, to make um, good blocks, not ones that start off in two dice and then because of uh, having to follow up and block again, might be one dice or even half dice, what we, what we might call a guard trap, where an opponent would put guard in behind a frenzy player so that you would... Uh, you, you can't risk the block, okay? Um, but I mean, I mean, even in that case, if you can't risk the block and don't take it, your player's going to end up on the back set anyway when they get blocked in a second in the opponent's turn. And that's the problem with corn, isn't it? You've got to take the risks to, to redeem the corn. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no point standing there um, not blocking because you're worried about turning over, um, but then feeling that when you get blocked back, you'll be on the backside. You've got to you've got to manage that by um, blitzing, using your blitz to ensure that you have um, later on in your turn can make those blocks and start um, knocking people of your opponents down. Maybe you'll you'll need to you, you almost certainly uh, whether people are engaging or not you'll need to remove your opponent's players. There's no way uh, against even a half-decent player, let alone a good one, that you'll be able to score um, when your opponent's just banked off with all their players. Um, you, you will need to cause attrition. And that's interesting because, um, and yeah, you will use those, uh, the multiple blocks you're going to get from uh, the frenzy to try and cause that attrition, won't you? But this is yeah. interesting because uh, Joe Manji and I had a good debate on Skaven about um, the fact that you should never build a game plan behind removing opponent's players. Um, you should be trying to win games, you know, and if you remove players, great. And, and often people underestimate the stun. Stuns are actually, you know, I've seen so many learner players, beginner players um, get a stun and go, oh, for fuck's sake, I haven't removed the proponent. Actually, stuns can be amazing. Like, they're out for two turns. Um, and you shouldn't build uh, your uh, strategy around definitely removing players. But you think that with the corn, they're that low down the tiers. You've got to take that risk and hope that it happens. Is that what you're saying? With demons of corn, you will need to. Uh, <laughs> you you can't obviously rely on definitely doing it. Obviously, it, it, it's it's dice that are being rolled, um, 
against a very good opponent. I played uh, Joe several times with my demons, and um, I don't think I've ever got anything out of those games. Um, the only chance I would have got them uh, would be to to remove some players. Um, so that's it is key to have mighty blow and claw across the team. Um, so you have the opportunity, but you can't rely on it. Um, so you, you do need to build a strategy around trying to force a, a hole and some pressure. And it isn't easy. They're, they're not very good. So they are a challenge. That's <laughs> they are a challenge. They are, they are a turnover magnet. They, um, uh, yeah. Glass the hammer, they could be called that as well. Say again? Glass hammer. Yeah, glass hammer. But, you know, like even more so than Norse and that the Norse yeah. have at least got bashing skills to get them through. But, and as I alluded to um, at the start of the offence, you, you can't really cage with these guys properly, can you? Because of the frenzy, people can just drag them away. If you try to build a cage, it's just not particularly reliable, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, a good opponent probably won't engage and say, well, go on, see if you can move through my team of 11. Okay? But at the end of a half, when you maybe you're both a few players down, um, no harm for the opponent to uh, cage up in, right in front of you, marking your players, thinking, well, how are you, gonna, how are you going to move the cage when everyone's got frenzy, um, uh, they're all in contact. Well, what, how they go? Where are they going to go from there? Because they're they're only going to go in the place that they have to go because of the rules. <laughs> that's that's yeah. how frenzy works. Yeah. What what about um, on defense then, Gegster? How do you how do you set these guys up for defense? Do you think they're more effective than that because they've got that European tackle all over the place? What do you think? That what? Sorry. The European tackle. That's what we call frenzy. European tackle. I know, I've not heard that before. Have you not heard it? No. That's what we call the frenzy, the European tackle. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think what you need to do with Demons of Corn uh, is try and play very... Uh, make sure your opponent can't go through you. Okay. You've got to ask them to go round you. Um, and then if you've got all your players still and you're wide enough across the pitch, if you're forcing them to go wide then they get worried about that because they get very worried they might end up in the crowd. So you have to use the, the sideline as, um, as, as one of your men. So you'll play like a nice compact defence where you're going to stay very central, you know, effectively like a, a hammer in front of your opponent or an anvil in front of your opponent where they've got a flood around the sides and they have to choose a side with them and you can try and pin them against it. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Make sure then, that you are... Um, absolutely maximizing your blitzes. Um, if you're playing against uh, if you're playing against something with low armor, then you always want to be hitting with the herald, really, because you can you're you're not wasting blitzes. Yeah, um, I, mean, I was going to ask you that. Do you do you tend to use the blood? I, I when I was playing him, tended to you know the bloodthirst is there as a threat, but like you said, you've got quite reliable blitzers in the heralds and horns and once you start to build up block and mighty blow and things around the team then they're much more reliable than the bloodthirst so he's a huge threat and you can use him but you don't want to be blitzing every turn with him do you on either offense or yeah it depends what you're playing against if you're playing against dwarves then uh, that claw is going to be quite useful isn't it and he's going to have mighty blow after one skill in nearly all um formats so um he's pretty awesome in that in that uh, field and dwarves really don't like going men down um, so yeah, I mean, he's awesome in that field. But if you're playing against um, something a bit lighter, well, your guy with mighty blow and tackle and frenzy juggernaut, um, well, he's fantastic to go after players, isn't he? Yeah. Never gonna. And you can. He'll have multiple blocks. He'll never worry about um, wild animal. Uh, what animal? 
Yes, I've got wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> that is the skill they've got. They are like a super minor. I, I wish they had strength six for that 180k, but you know, they don't. Um, maybe that would, come, that would break the scene. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Bloodthirster is awesome. Um, right, Gangster, we're going to um, go on a sec. We're going to take a break and go on a sec to talk about um, sort of league starts and how you sort of then develop your team into a league. Um, you got anything more to add on general corn tactics? Demons are corn tactics. Corn tactics, yeah. Have you got anything more to add? Well, um, well, we could talk about them all day. I mean, there's lots of things we, we can talk. What specifically? I, what do you? What? No, I was, just, I was just wondering if you thought we hadn't covered anything. We've talked about frenzy and how to use that. We talked about the fact that they're they're kind of like not they can't quite cage up properly, but they are a running team, so that they're a bit weird in that sense because you can't just run them normally because people can draw your players out, can't they? And I was just trying to think if there was anything specific for the Demons of Corn that we needed to cover for the listeners. Um, no, I guess just they aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you've, got to be, you've got to be very mindful of that. Um, maybe not be too disappointed when um, uh, it doesn't sound that likely that you will roll both down and a couple of times in a turn. Um, but you probably only have two or three re-rolls on the team. And the team is, uh, can only win, really, by taking lots of blocks. Well, these things don't add up. They don't compute. Not, um, no, no blocking reliability. Um, and also no ball handling, either, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They've got yes, all the things. <laughs> they shouldn't really ever have a problem when they blitz, because um, anyone really blitzing, well, well, everyone blitzing will probably have juggernaut, apart from the pit fighters. So you don't need to worry about um, the blitz, but everybody else, they're taking multiple blocks every turn and you, you're only going to be able to re-roll um, two or three of those in the entire half. So um, uh, don't, don't be too disappointed when, when things go wrong and, and assume that they will. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a standard Blood Bowl uh, mantra, isn't it? Just assume that it's going to go wrong. And the problem is, is when people get angry about it, when it does, and I think Demons are Corner... Uh, just loads of fun because when I certainly when I took them in the uh, in the league, I got I got annoyed in one game just because it it wasn't even like the the frenzy stuff was going wrong. It was just stand. I was just rolling all of these double ones for no reason. And, and if you if you if every single dice roll you take a blood ball is a fail for like a couple of turns, you start to get annoyed because you're like, I just want to like do some blood ball stuff. Um, but with demons of call, like most of the games, I didn't really mind. Like I was like. I'm trying to do some fun shit. I'm trying to set up these surfs. I'm trying to do some cool, cool things. And they're a team that rewards that fun style. If you approach it with the right frame of mind. Fun? <laughs> fun. No, that concept. <laughs> you know what I mean, Dexter. You know what I mean. But yeah, um, that, just to finish off on that, we were just talking about that, um, that frenzy uh, system. And you need to set up as many, basically as many quote-unquote safe two dice blocks as you can with the team, don't you? As many two dice blocks as you can get, preferably with block if you've got it, or juggernaut on the blitz, uh, using your guard, using assists, all that sort of thing. You want to try and set up two dice blocks into two side, two dice blocks, and that's kind of the effective way to play them, broadly speaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But always mindful that uh, if, you haven't got block, if you haven't got block, then uh, it's you, you've got to be very careful about um, even, well, when it... Any block that you take. Because <laughs> it probably will go wrong. It probably will go wrong. Right, it will okay, be uh, one point in the game, that's for sure. <laughs> and probably the crucial moment 
um, if not the first turn, and then you'll just rage and throw your dice against the wall. No, <laughs> joking. Um, right, ladies and gents, we'll take um, another quick break here, and then we'll come back and talk about um, how to sort of start off your league builds and, and develop them from there. and gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to the talk nuffle podcast where we're going to talk about demons of corn and uh, i can see a smile coming across gex's face here as i finally come around his way of thinking no smile no smile just just a kind of calm nod (laughs) the demons of corn in a league setting and you know how to start your team off and i think um it's going to be quite short gex because i think we actually started with the same team build but um, what I'd say off the end for you, Tom. Say again. Add that end for you. Um, not good. Not good. I'd say <laughs> I did. I did it tremendously badly. Uh, you reached the uh, quarterfinals or semi-final. Won it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> I was a bit. I was very lucky. I I won that league. Yeah, you did win with Demons Accord, didn't you? Which is a uh, yeah, a very fine achievement. Um, but there are, um, and what I'd say off the bat, Gagster, is there, uh, these are one of those teams where you definitely, you know, when you're looking at, for example, Undead, um, probably Orcs fall into that environment, and a few other teams uh, where you can kind of, uh, Dwarves particularly, where you can kind of get everything you want from like a league build from the start um, with the re-rolls and with the positionals you want to use. Um, but Demons of Corn definitely aren't in that bracket, aren't they? No, you've got to make some compromise. You've definitely got to decide what you want. And I think one of the first questions is, do you want a bloodthirster or do you not want a bloodthirster? Yeah, see, I think we talked about this off camera earlier and uh, I don't understand this concept yet. Uh, I understand one of your old other uh, leagues had uh, no bloodthirster, but is it, it's a Demons of Corn team. It's going to have a bloodthirster, surely. It's, it's sort of the raison d'etre of the team. But... I mean, and that's the thing. If you do take the Bloodthirster, and, and this is the build I think you took. I'll run through it now, Gabe, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But the, the build I took uh, was uh, two re-rolls. And, and one of the things we didn't discuss, and actually, let's go into that first before we talk about the build. But re-rolls, they are expensive, aren't they? 70k re-rolls on the Demons of Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah. And that's um, one of the things that, you know, I kind of struggle with. And I don't know um, in your playtesting and stuff whether that's come up, but... 50k, 60k, 70k, the sort of different t- sort of costs of rerolls. And, and, and in the builds, they are used to balance the team. Is that why they change the costs? So what do you mean by change the cost? So obviously, you know, for example, a Dwarf team has a, has a 50k reroll versus a Demon to Corn team has a 70k reroll. But when you look at a Dwarf team, they're, you know, tier one, tier two kind of team and Demon's Corn are much lower. Why do, do the Dwarves get a cheaper reroll? What's the sort of, Thinking. Okay, so um, yeah, there's three costs of, t- of rerolls, isn't it? 50, 60, and 70. Yeah. And I understand the differentiation. Um, well, there's two reasons, really. One of which is um, a fluff concept in the fact that um, dwarves and elves and humans might have a little bit of more. Um, um, They're better at playing the game, they have more unity, so they, they train more, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so there's that aspect, the, the fluffy side. Um, then there's also a game mechanic 
side. Um, so any, you can't just look at them in isolation, that any re-roll, there's obviously the, the cost of the team. Um, as you get greater and greater values of teams, the team value doesn't really matter so much, does it? When, when a team's got 200 TV, it doesn't matter that re-rolls cost 70 or 60, does it? But at very low um, TVs or rookies, um, then uh, there's a, there's a, uh, that cost makes quite a big difference. Yeah, and I, th I think this is one of the teams that suffers from it. We've talked, um, we talked at length on another race review about the Nurgle, for example. And I, I actually concluded through my own mathematics when I was working stuff out. And, and I get that with the Nurgle uh, example, they're 70K. And that is for a fluff perspective because they probably don't train a lot. You know, they, they're just for Papa Nurgle and, you know, getting diseased up. And that's kind of what they do. They don't play a lot of Blood Bowl together. But actually the team, a lot of the problems with an early starting Nurgle team would be fixed if they were 60K. You could just fit a few of those extra players in that would make them make sense at a lower team. But it's not supposed to be fixed though, is it? As we discussed earlier, they've, they've included a, a, a metric, a system, where there's um, imbalance. A specific um, imbalance. Yeah, these teams aren't meant to be created equally. Um, and uh, you said the Nurgle didn't ever um, train. Well, I'm pretty sure the Bloodthirster doesn't train either. <laughs> so you, you see that as where that fits in with this. You think that the 70k for the Demons of Corn is, is a fluff-based mechanic and they've not thought too carefully about whether that imbalances them from a rules perspective, for example. Uh, okay. You mentioned me playtesting. I, I never playtested uh, this particular um, roster um, or anything like it. So um, I haven't been involved in that. Uh, and the people didn't make it up. So I believe the, the team of people who work with Cyanide um, were given, it's got to have a Bloodthirster, it's got to have Bloodletters, it's going to have some form of Beastman, which is what the Herald turned into, and a whole lot of Frenzy. Off you go. Okay? And the guys that came up with the roster would have had a look at um, Fluff Base and uh, Build Base and came up with 70. I think 70 is consistent with other, um, it's consistent with Nurgle, it's consistent with Underworld. Um, it's consistent with vampires. It's consistent with all teams that are considered quite difficult to, to play with to start with. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it was, it's, it is a mix. It, they didn't just make it up. There was, there was, there was method to um, how much they were priced for. No, that's, that's a fair comment. It's just, it's just worth asking you because it, it is a factor that comes in and those are the two factors, aren't it? It's fluff versus game mechanics and how that works. Um, and it's interesting, I think all of the Elf teams have got 50k rerolls, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they yeah. do. So, so that, that kind of fits in with the fact, and actually in Elf teams, you know, the Elven um, uh, positionals and linemen, etc. are all very expensive anyway. So that kind of, you know, you, do, you can't really take advantage of that. That's, that's something that comes in, but that does fit into the fluff. So yeah, I think probably like you said, the, the Demons of Corn don't train together loads, so they've got those 70k rerolls. Um, and then lastly, they do have access to an Apo, which is, which is interesting because, you know, for example, the Nurgle don't um, and they've got regen and some teams who've got regen do and some don't um, and Demons of Corn do. Um, yeah, they shouldn't, should they? Probably, I, I think they probably shouldn't. I think that was probably a mistake. If it was, um, yeah, a Chaos team, sure, they're allowed an Apo, but this is, a, this is Demons. It's, it's specifically got Bloodthirster, Bloodletter. It doesn't sound a team that should have an apo, but, um, but, it, but it does. I think it's just another nail in the coffin and a, a factor to support uh, my thinking of them as corn and not demons of corn. 
um, as we've been going through the entire podcast. But yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe we should call them corn. <laughs> because whilst they might have demons, they've also got mortals. The point I was trying to make is that um, GW have typically not wanted to mix mortals and immortals. Um, so that's why you've got demons in one faction. Um, and this is in their other fluffs, their other systems. And then mortals in the other. And you might have corn in both, but corn mortals and corn demons are different things. Um, but of course, in this roster, the, uh, the pit fighters are, I believe, mortal. Um, although, who knows, I guess. Yeah, you're not wrong. And in a way, they, could have, they probably could have built the fluff a bit better, couldn't they? And they could have had, they probably could have had the pit fighters as blood letters. Uh, as your linemen and, and just kind of made them as such and they're still demons and they could they could even have reworked them slightly and they the whole team could have regen and they could have reworked it a bit but i wouldn't mind it if they'd said um it's not the thing i didn't like about the roster when i first heard about it was i thought well a bloodthirster sorry he's got movement sorry movement six strength five so he's he's just he's a quick minotaur i think well that's that's not right you um, could have like fly and strength ten. So, <laughs> yeah. so I've, ne- I've never played Warhammer, um, but I, I I do a bit of the reading of it. Um, I've got a lot of the, the material, and um, well, he's he's awesome, isn't he? He is the personification of war and violence, and and yeah. how on earth how on earth he'd be considered strength five? I know. So, I would have just assumed. Well, let's not call him bloodthirst. To call him. Um, I don't know, a demon. Well, it could have been, yeah, he could have been a demon prince. Yeah, or something like a corn demon prince or something like that. I think it yeah, probably Yeah, something like that. Or he could have just be a minotaur. Plus. Chaos minotaur. Yeah. He's, he is a minotaur, isn't he? So why, you could call him minotaur. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the demons of corn could have had... They could have been... Well, there's loads of ways you could have gone with them. They could have been corn with, like, a corn minotaur and, like, some more mortal stuff. That's, I think that's where I was going later on. I, they feel a little bit lost to me. Like, whatever... Um, you know, the brief the guys were given and what they came up with. They're like demons of corn, but with some extra shit. They're, for me, they're not like all demons and they're not all mortal. They're a bit of a blend. And that's, I think, why I rib you uh, repeatedly about whether they're corn or demons corn. So I just, I don't think they quite get the brief. I don't think they fit into either one, personally. But Maybe that's fair, yeah. But like then um, they've only, they, ha- they haven't really got any GW touch to them. Um, no, that's true. They're made by Cyanide under license um and they in they are they had this is what we want in the team i i, I don't know i understand this is what we want the team of people um come up with some um some stats for it but these are the roster positions that's not got anything to do with gw um yeah. which is why, um when when the new edition um came out uh, a couple of years back um people said well, wh- wh- where's this demons of corn team they were gw were, what, what, what demons of corn team? The one in the cyanide? Well, that's not ours. No, true. But, but obviously, um, you know, the, the argument back against that is that cyanide did buy the license off Games Workshop. And Games Workshop are, you know, vaguely complicit in the game because they, they've allowed the license to be used. And, and the fact that this is, you know, when you play uh, Blood Bowl 1, and they're not in Blood Bowl 2, interestingly, um, but when you play Blood Bowl 1, that's got a Games Workshop logo. The IP's built into the game. You know, when people play it, that it's not unreasonable for them to think that, you know, Games Workshop do have a stake in the pie, as it were, because they, they've allowed the IP to be used. I accept that. I, I think they probably, uh, someone at GW looked at it and said, well, it doesn't fit with our 
with our our um, IP for these guys. They 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 are not. It it shouldn't be a mixture of these two forms of of corn. Mm. So so it's not for us. I think I I think that's probably what happened, which is why um, they were they they were never part of the um, uh, um, never brought in never brought into the edition. That's fair. Well, and, and just quickly, and okay. I know I'm. I know I'm wildly deviating, but I don't really care on this podcast. I think the listeners will be just interested to hear your thoughts on uh, Blood Bowl in general, Gexa, so it's fine. But I'm slightly deviating again, and we're, before we go into the um, the corn, uh, Demons of Corn team, or whatever the fuck we're calling them now, um, for a league. Uh, but the Bretonians, I think, are actually um, uh, are better, um, better, uh, what would I say, built and not play-tested, but put together. I think they work better as a team, and in a way... Games Workshop kind of did nod their head to them and that they released the Carcassonne 412 team. But I think Games Workshop, again, probably, and to be honest, neither of us know, um, it's a fair thing to say, is that... Um, well, you definitely don't. No, I definitely don't know. Um, but I can probably say you definitely don't know either, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but somebody up high probably looked at it, and not unreasonably, I think you probably agree, thought, you know, who fuck needs Britannian rules? We've got humans. You can use Britannian teams if you want as humans. Like that's fine. We've got a human team, and you can you can convert your players. And they released that that Forge World Carcassonne team that is effectively a Britannian human team, but just said, yeah, fucking use the human rules. Like why? Do you- uh, okay, sorry, Forge World Carcassonne. You mean um, they they brought out a um, the human? Do you mean the human the human team that had a bit extra bits called? Yeah, the- it was like it was, it was like the sun. I can't the Crusaders was it? It was the the shining right. Crusaders of Carcassonne or whatever they were, um, and that was effectively the Games Workshop quote unquote Bretonian team. No, they were like just well, I, I think I think I think they were aware of the Bretonian rules, but they were just well, like I'm, okay. That's my I'm my aware point. of the Bretonian rules doesn't mean to say she's got um uh no they um. I don't. I don't think that had anything to do with it. Uh, they, they had um, a very um, a, a nice human team in the box. A nice um, uh, in the um, in the in the um, release of the game. There was the humans and the orcs in the box. They're both very nice, and they they came up with. Um, they are someone to add some bits. So you've got the bright crusaders, which is a. Um, there's some, a bit of heldry in there, isn't there? And, um, and eagles and bits and pieces. Sort of some fleur de lis and all that sort of bits and bobs. All that business, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, and that can help, that can in, improve your human team build. Um, and then, then the same for Black Orcs. D- does that mean that the, um, the Black, the, um, um, uh, the, the Black Orcs and the Blitzers you've got in the, um, the Orc equivalent of the um, extra bits, well, are they French? <laughs> no, but I, I think that, um, you know, and again, you know, uh, Bretonians are in the cyanide Blood Bowl 2 game. Interesting. Weirdly, they're not in the Blood Bowl 1 game and we've got Corn in one and Bretonians in the other. But again, Games Workshop are clearly aware of that Bretonians exist. Like they're in the cyanide game. They've had to sign off on the IP. They own the IP for, for all that shit. And I, I personally, and, and you might disagree, think that the Carcassonne Crusaders, Shining, whatever the fuck they are, um, are a yeah no we we get the Bretonians exist but but we're not going to allow Bretonians into the rules because you've got humans use the human rules the human rules are there you can use human rules as you wish and here are some miniatures that fit in with the you know Bretonian fluff look but you've got the rules but you don't need any extra rules we don't need if that was the their viewpoint um, then you don't need those extra bits to make the same team do you because all you're doing is adding a few bits to a human team to make it apparently. Um, 
uh, Bretonian. It's just a, uh, it's just, a, it's just an extra modelling opportunity, I, I, as far as I'm, as far as I can see, um, to bring out a, a few extra bits. But you are right. The um, there is a, a Bretonian team already in the game, which is the humans. Yeah, four blitzers, some catches, a thrower. You can use them as any human, you know, Telia, Astalia, all of the other old world stuff. And that, that's kind of my view of the Bretonians. I actually quite like the, the Bretonian roster itself. I think it works better than the Corn roster. It's definitely sort of more like a tier two-ish kind of uh, roster and works quite well in Blood Bowl in terms of like a team that works and makes sense. Um, but in a weird kind of way, you don't need it because you've got humans. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I quite like that Bretonian roster. Um, it's fun. It's great to have... Um, uh, obviously, the, the the knights are no different from regular blitzers on a human team, but having fend on your uh, line fodder is quite fun. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a fun it's a fun team. But I, did that team get created um, because they we needed a, a Bretonian team, or is it because um, Sinai probably quite rightly thought, hmm, maybe we need a new um, hook to sell on our new game. Um, let's bring up a new roster. Yeah, but that, that still annoys me because you, we're still playing... Um, I, know, I assume you don't play online. I, I don't think you do really on the Cyanide stuff, do you? Um, but they still haven't got, um, for example, Chaos Pact, uh, which are a, or Chaos Renegades, which are a long-standing game workshop team that are out there. They've not even brought those in and they've got this extra Bretonian team. Like, why not use the stuff that's available to you? And people have been better, like, if you look all over the forums, people love packs on Renegades and they want it in the game and it's not there. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just, just, just interested in your, uh, your opinions on the Bretonian team and the Corn team. These are kind of new rosters. I call them fan made. You don't. I think they're, they're very much computer game teams that have now made it into the NAF teams, basically, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's interesting, actually. So I, um, I'm, an, I'm the NAF treasurer, uh, and I remember a, a little while ago when we had, uh, when, when um, uh, Mike was president, or San. Yeah. And uh, there was this suggestion that we, need, that we might need to ask, well, would we ask the... Um, uh, the NAF population as to whether we should have Bretonian and Demons of Corn in the in the database. At that point, we only had 24 rosters. Should we make it 26? And um, I thought there was no legitimacy to Bretonians and Demons of Corn. Um, I thought that they were. I not really played them, um, but I thought they were. You know, They're probably okay. Didn't look like they were broken or unbalanced, but. Um, but the 24 teams, and these ones aren't GW. Well, they're mentioned by Cyanide. People say, well, yeah, but it's not GW. So um, I, I felt there was no legitimacy, no legitimacy to them. Um, so I was fairly um, indifferent to there being a vote. I was worried that if we had a vote um, by the population, then we would see um, that would give them legitimacy and then off they'd go. Uh, so it was quite... So I, I thought, well, I'm not sure we should have this vote. Um, sorry. We had to vote, and I was wrong because um, there was definitely legitimacy, le legitimacy to them. Because in all the years of NAF politics and NAF voting, the most popular vote we've ever had in any format was that was that vote. Should we bring two extra teams into the um, into uh, our world? And um, it was a landslide for for bringing them in. So much so that you couldn't even say, um, even if well, it wasn't 
half the overall population that had voted, but it was a, such a large number that there was clearly a lot of interest in, in being, them being used. Um, so uh, the NAF, we, we agreed there was, there was no other, there was no other um, route as, other than say, well, there's clearly a lot of people that want to play these, so we should, we should let them into the game. What about the uh, Simeon? Did you ever have those as a, as a, as a vote in the same breath? Or? <laughs> right. That was never mentioned in the same concept. That one, you said fan-based. That one really is fan-based. That one, um, as far as I know, was made by a lovely American chap who came up with a, with a pretty fun roster, but it is complete fan-based. It it's not been made public anywhere. Um, no, unlike Bretonians and Demons, which were made for um, the Sinai game. It's just interesting because Simeon are now allowed, so you can, you can use Simeon in NAF tournaments, um, as in you can physically turn up at a NAF event with a Simeon team if the uh, tournament organizer allows it, but you can't, they can't be NAF registered, and any game you play against anybody else is not NAF registered, but you can use them, so we're in a kind of weird, and that's what for me is annoying, because I, I actually really love the Simeon team, I think they're a lot of fun and I built a lot of fluff, and I've actually built a team. I'm going to use as Orcs and Lizardmen and stuff like that. And probably, I've got a team as well, actually. I think, I think they're quite fun. I don't think they break the game at all. Not um, at all, no. But the, they, uh, the, yeah, they're the, a bit shit, aren't they? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, is, it, is it Gorilla? Say again? The Gorillas haven't got... Um, they're, they're, they're the strength four... The one strength four player in the team... In the, the agility access. That doesn't have G access. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, that's the problem with them. But... Like, and that's, it's a, I just don't know if you know anything more from the NAF side of it, of why they put them in that little window in between the two, why, like ban them or allow them. Like why are they allowed, they're physically allowed if you want to use them, but you can't get them ranked. It's a bit of a weird one. Well, um, you are essentially allowed, I believe, to take a buttons or ice cubes to a tournament if you wanted to, um, if the TO allowed it. It's not going to be, these aren't going to be, um, on any register anywhere the demons and the bretonians they've got a thing okay um I, obviously i'm joking with, with ice cubes and, and buttons but i'm pretty sure the us a couple of tournaments allowed a druid team or something um you are allowed um as a to to accept non-standard rosters um then as far as i'm aware i think so uh and then uh, they don't get counted obviously um but um you are allowed yeah, fair enough. Just interesting to hear your thoughts. We will be doing a race review on the Simeon. I'm going to get the three die block guys from America to come on and chat with them because it would be a bit of fun. Yeah, it'd be a good laugh. Right. We have massively segued Gagster, but that's fine. It's good to hear your thoughts on Blood Bowl in general. We're going to go back now to the Demons of Corner League roster and uh, how to start. We were talking about um, the fact that you basically need to start with a Bloodthirster. I think you and I both agree. And I was about to propose to you the team that I use, and I think you used as well. And that was with uh, two re-rolls, and that's where we got sidelined by the 70k. So they're 140k for two re-rolls. Uh, you then take seven pit fighters, so that's your seven linemen, two heralds, uh, one bloodletter, and a bloodthirster. And that comes in bang on 1,000k. Uh, was that what you took? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, I... The strength of that roster is that you get the Bloodthirster off the bat, and I don't think there's really any other way to get the Bloodthirster in with more rerolls. That's probably the issue. Yeah, sorry, it, you said two heralds, did you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So my so my build had um, both heralds um, and just one, one Bloodletter yeah. to start with, and the Bloodthirster with two rerolls, effectively. Yeah, yeah. 
and yeah, and from there you can build. I think, you said, I think you said before that uh, yeah, you could if you binned off the thirster to start with, then you'd have the ability to be a bit more interesting um, with. Uh, well, you'd have less frenzy for a start, which would help. Um, I mean, there's there's a nice build here, Gagster, that you could take. I think this was the one that Sam started with in the DBL, which was uh, three rerolls. Uh, and if you do that, you can get three blood letters and still both heralds, and then six pit fighters, and you've got 10k left over from 990k. And that's a hell of a lot more reliable because you've got you've got three guys without frenzy, but you haven't got the blood tester. Yeah. Well, I I felt when I took them that the the bloodthirster, for all my criticism of him, um, was fluff wise important to the team. Whatever you want to call him, he's he's a he's a, a character that can that can tee off and help win the game. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I I think that's why I would start with one. And that's the that's the thing about them. I think um I think I would only disagree if the pit fighters didn't have passing access, but because you can quite quickly get a lever if you want to. And yeah. that was one of the problems I had with, I say problems, I probably made mistakes, but one of the issues, quote unquote, I had when I was playing these pit fighters early on is that I rolled a double six very early on and was like, actually strength four frenzy is, is really effective in this team. So I went for strength four immediately. And then my next uh, pit fighter got um, a double. So I went for guard because I still didn't have any guard on my heralds and that actually really hamstrung the team. And that's what I think where I'm going with it is you have to, you do have to think about where the team's going because I, I was just des gagging for that third reroll, but my team was skilling in such a way that I was like, I hope I can try and win some games. And I just wasn't winning them because I didn't have enough skills to do it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think I recall in my very first game, um, I got a couple of casualties with different pit fighters. So uh, I deliberately, at the end of my first game, scored with a different pit fighter, knowing that I would definitely be able to pick one of those three people um, randomly for my MVP. So I could definitely get um, the, the, the leader. Um, so I, I manufactured at the end of my first game that I would be able to um, go with a leader skill um, and, and made specific arrangements for that. Um, yeah. It would have been different if I'd rolled double sixes, but it's very difficult to ignore the, the, the leader. But it's so important when you've got two rerolls. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm just interested, Gagster, if you're in that position where you've done that and then rolled a double six, I think you would have had double thoughts in your mind and thinking, shit. But actually, think about this long term when I get into it. Having a straight yeah. four frenzy piece is really effective. And that's, that's what happened to me. And, and you know, and, and all your thought, players are strength four when uh, essentially they're blitzing. So um, that's true. Yeah, do you, a strength four player without without block is is actually still not that amazing. Um, and that's probably he's, he's, un, he's, he's unlikely. He's unlikely to skill up again, isn't he? Re realistically, when you're thinking about it, he he might get to sixty yeah. but you're not going to rely on it. And maybe that's a mistake I made, listeners. To be honest, I just thought, fucking hell, strength four. I need I need some of it. And in that example, point, he's not probably, he's not too different actually. From um, what would you roll uh, if you got a double on a goblin? So not double, level six on a goblin. Double six, where you take strength four or block, yeah. No, 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 not on a goblin, okay. Um, would you, you know, you, you see, I've seen regularly strength three goblins. You go, well, that's terrible. Um, the guy's now strength three um, and very expensive, by the way, because of TV. Yeah, blood. that's okay. true. And he's still going to get lit up like a fairy when he gets hit by block mighty, 
might block mighty blow tackle. Um, that's a good point. My pit fighter was what 110k, it's 50k, isn't it? For strength, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, so he's 110k, so he's 20k more than a herald uh, with that strength four. And yeah, I mean, I just, I just saw the money, and, and I, I think um, at that point, I was we had a couple of discussions, Gagster, about how I kind of wished that heralds were strength four um, and maybe didn't have some other of the bits, but I thought that that would fit the team better. So I think I was stuck in that, oh, I need some strength, I need some stuff to do with this frenzy, and I've been using Norse with. Um, Orphaners, I guess what I'm saying, you know, beginners and, and early players with, with teams like this with Frenzy, you know, the strength really helps because you can build up those two dice blocks. So, and that made it easy for me on that, in that situation. So I just naturally gravitated towards it. I just yeah. gone leader. I think my advice for uh, beginners would be try a different team. <laughs> These guys are so difficult to, um, if, you, if you're not very lucky on player attrition, and I don't mean getting rid of one or two people. I mean, if you completely remove the team, of course you're going to win. But um, the, the, broadly speaking, you're not going to be able to do that. And um, they are it's out of position all the time. Because of that frenzy. But you're also pushing your opponent out of position, which is a thing that you can skew in your favour, can't you? Or he's allowing you, or she, she's allowing you um, to block them and move you out of position. Yeah, but it depends how you play it. If you're a good player and you're playing against a beginner, say, with this kind of team, it can actually confuse them because if they're playing sort of a more normal orc or human starting team, which a lot of beginners do start with, and you're frenzying their cages into weird and wonderful kind of positions, you can actually push that back on them. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the strengths. Um, but yeah, we talked about a couple of different builds. I think, um, I think we both agree that... And that's my problem, Gagster. I think that's why I was talking about the re-rolls earlier. And I haven't actually done the maths on it. But um, they're a team that really feel like they need a Bloodthirster and three re-rolls. Like, that would make them, like, tier two, three. Like, they'll make them a lot more effective. Um, but you just can't get it in a starting league. There's no way to fit that in. We can't. But you, uh, with management, you can get that... You can get a pit fighter skilled after hopefully one, but certainly two games. And get that leader re-roll in. And then the other players are all going to go down. And we've had a chat about the players early on, but are going to go down the block uh, method for a lot of the players. Um, and then guard on the Herald, certainly, if you can. And that's why I was talking about the pit fighter with a double. That's not a stupid skill to take at all. You want to build, definitely build some guard into this to, to stop the, the frenzy traps. Yeah, I think um, certainly guard one Herald. I do like guard on, on both of them. But um, the second... Uh, Remember we talked earlier about you would want the Herald to be blitzing. If he had Mighty Blow then he, and you're playing against a low-armoured team, then there's no value in the Bloodthirster doing it other than to try and tie up players. The Herald do, doing it um, is more dangerous. So uh, I would suggest um, guarding one and then Mighty Blow tackle the other one. Don't give him block because when he's blitzing, he doesn't need it. Um, and then you obviously need to protect him because he's going to be a target to be hit back. But Mighty Blow tackles the, the second Herald, um, guard the other one, and in time, you probably want to guard both, well, you definitely want to guard both eventually, um, and maybe guard one of the, um, the letters. Um, otherwise, you'll be a bit guard light. Yeah, and, that, and that's a more allowable guard, isn't it? Because you can kind of ram him in where you want to because he's not got... You can do, but he's only armour seven. So you do need to. You can't. You can't just give him guard. You, he'll need to. He'll need to skill up with with block. Maybe dodge as well. 
That's true. And Gex, we did talk about how to develop your blood letters in earlier on in the podcast about, you know, the ball carrier versus, um, you know, just giving them block and dodge and versus um, shorthands and those bits and bobs. Um, right, ladies and gents, I think that uh, brings an end to the sort of league segment of this uh, Demons of Corn uh, race review. We'll take another quick break here and we'll come and talk about them in a, a tournament setting. Stars in your eyes, little one, where do you go to dream? To a place we all know, the land of make gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to the final segment of our demons of corn uh, race review where i've got gangster very kindly coming on and giving us his wise words of wisdom um if you want to call them those but yeah <laughs> his wise words they're just words they're words they're words words that you can choose to interpret in any way you want um we're going to talk a little bit about tournaments gangster and Straight off the bat, and we'll go into your uh, sort of 1.1 standard build and how you might slightly develop that or what the options are. Um, but one of the big problems I have with them is uh, that you can't fit any extra stuff into a tournament build, can you really, because they're so expensive? Yeah. Um, so most tournaments are 1.1, 1.15 value. Um, so, yeah, you, the 11 that we talked about for your league team... Um, you would, is, your, is your stock standard that you build from? Isn't well, it? yeah, you you would you would you'd need fewer people without frenzy. Um, so dropping a pit fighter into a well, improving a, um, a pit fighter into a letter um, times two, um, and then adding on another player to make twelve um, would be where you go for one point one five one point one. Um, uh, but you, you still only got two rerolls, so you're going to have to use a skill use um, to uh, give you your third reroll through leader. And that's the good thing about Demons of Corn now is that um, quite it, actually not even that long ago, like within the last two years, maybe even twelve months, um, Demons of Corn and Bretonians were both kind of lumped actually often in tier one because people didn't quite know what to do with them, and, and you know they've only recently come into the math, and they were just. Um, you, you, you're looking at me with a shocked face. Demons of Corn were tier one off the bat. The first six months, like 100%, all across the board, they were tier one because people hadn't, didn't know what to do with them. They were like, I don't remember that. Yeah, they were. And, it, and I'm not speaking out of turn. Demons were considered very strong, um, but I don't remember demons ever being in that same category. But I think anyway, so, so immediately when the NAF vote came out, the first six months or so, both teams were just tier one because we don't know where they fit. And okay. I can see why that's. You know, it's reasonable that people haven't played them, they don't know where they fit. Now, nowadays, you know, if you're looking at a standard, you know, maybe tier four, tier five kind of build, they're usually the one just above stunties, aren't they? <laughs> That's where they fit. Yeah. Yeah. With, with your vampire. Depends. It does depend a little bit on overall value of build and skills. Because, of course, if you've, if you've got a, a ton of money and a ton of skills, um, you change the mechanic of some of these things. We know, we know, for example, Undead and Amazons are amazing at very low skills. Uh, Dark Elves, who aren't that great at very, very low skills, but get good at five or six. Um, teams like Demons, you've had a whole load of skills, and you might, if, it's, if there's a tiering going on, you might get a few extra skills. 
um, than other ones. So th they might come into a little bit more of their four um, and maybe not quite so far down the, the, um, the pecking order then. And that's super useful, isn't it? Because you are, like we said, going to need a leader. <laughs> like straight off the bat, you're going to need one because if you're building your standard roster, they're just so expensive that you need that third reroll and that's going to be a leader one. So if you've got, say, I don't know, six skills and a double, like one of those six is going to have to be the leader straight away, isn't it? Yeah, well, and it, what's great with uh, demons is uh, they've got this passing access, which means they don't need to use the double. Um, but, so, that, yeah. but that's an interesting question, Gangster. Would you then, with the double, I mean, would you not be mighty blowing up the bloodthirster? So what does the double do for you in that situation? Because I've looked at this before about whether you can actually use a double in a tournament setting. You wouldn't need it, would you? Um, yeah. the, the, the two really great skills you want on this team are leader, um, if you haven't been able to buy a third reroll um, from cost, um, and mighty blow on the thirster. Those are the two key skills. Everything else is uh, a, a version of block, um, uh, mighty, well, maybe mighty blow on one of the heralds, um, maybe some wrestle, but um, yeah, you, you don't need, everything else is nice to have. Those are the first two important things. I mean, that's interesting that, so the way you're talking now and the discussion we had about heralds and how you utilize them, um, actually, you might well be using that double for a guard pit fighter because you're going to mighty blow up the, um, the blood thirster. And then uh, and you, you might well, you know, I'd suggest you need two guards. So then one of your heralds would guard up. Uh, the other one you're going to put mighty blow on, like we talked about, for that reliable blitzer. And then maybe chuck a guard on your pit fighter as that, that double. Yeah, you could do. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to have one. Um, he'll be hit and in the coasty box for too long really he's, he's got no defensive skills has he so um that's true yeah. but, but you can also guard up the blood letters can't you if you want to get a, a guard one you could but again he's got no defensive skills <laughs> and he's also armor seven so um yeah he's going to get hit and that's one of the major issues i see with demons of corn in a tournament environment and as you can hear listeners i've been converted to the demons of corn uh, way of life in this podcast over the just because I get pissed off with a uh, gangster um, correcting me. He's won the battle. Uh, but, but the problem with them is is that quite often you need a couple of skills to make each player good. Um, so even if they have access to a lot of skills, you know, maybe they have six or seven skills they can take. If you can't stack those skills, it, it kind of doesn't improve them as much as you want to. Yeah, would you, would you agree with that? I refer to my previous comment, they're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and juxtaposed with that is that often um, in Blood Bowl teams, and maybe Gegster disagrees, but the way I quite like to play them is to find stars that improve the team in a tournament setting. And often stars can bring a selection of skills that can improve your team. So for example, you know, humans, you can, you can take Mighty Zug and he's got block, strength five, and Mighty Blow dude who goes well with the ogre who can often get block. Um, you can bring uh, Griff to a human team as well. You can bring, uh, you know... Uh, well, if you're a lunatic. <laughs> well, Griff is great. Well, no, so it's great because you can talk about all the stars. Um, uh, Mighty Zug is a, a touch pricey, but it's really great value. But he's, he's a great player in your team. He can replace the ogre or be additional to the ogre. But Griff at 320? Oh, he's just too expensive. Um, you can, and we can have that conversation with regard to all of them. One of the, probably the, the, the very best value players, maybe Roxana, 
at, at 250. She's so good. And she also adds, and when she, she's taken normally on Amazon teams, um, she completely adds, uh, sort of changes their mechanic. Um, uh, can, she's, a, she's a fantastic player and a fantastic value. And I so, think that's... So yeah, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, Griff, you you'd be a lunatic to take him. He I'd, he's 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 a nice player, but he's a, he's just too expensive. I oh, see. I massively disagree. I don't think he um I don't think he fits in like a one point one. But I think once humans get a bit of extra money, he 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 does change that team. And I think that's where I'm going with where we're going to talk about the demons of Ford is that stars you want to take stars to change the team. And I think Griff does do that if you can afford him because a strength four, agility four, blodger with a uh, fend. It's fucking great on a human team. Like if he's, I use him as a ball carrier with the ogre and and blitzes to protect him. And um and I very nearly won uh, an event quite recently. I actually did what? Well, say very. Nice. I did win. I won a Nash shield with it. I won an I won an event with a uh, Griff. And maybe I was lucky. Um, but um, I've taken to a couple of other events and done really well with them. I think he does massively change the human team. But he has a place. You can't take him in one point one. You've got to look at the tournament bills in front of you and whether yeah. they fit into it and whether they're going to change it. And I would agree with you that you, you can't take him unless he, you know, if you're sacrificing too much to get him, don't take him at all costs. But when you've got the money and a human's, you know, a tier two, tier three team where you've got lots of extra skills and stuff to go on your other players, I, I think he does. I, I completely disagree with you, which is fine. We can, we can have that debate. Um, but where I was going with that, um, and regardless of whether you agree, disagree with those two viewpoints, um, I don't think there are any stars really in the corn roster that do that. You know, say take a mighty zog or take a, as you very rightly said, Roxana, improve the corn team. They don't bring any skills into it really, which is a bit of a problem for me. Um. Okay. Well, sort of disagree again. Um, with the grasp is uh, a really um terrific player. Okay, and he is. I wouldn't put him in the team because uh, he, I put him in the zug category. Okay. Where he, he adds to the team and he's pretty good value, but he actually is quite difficult to fit into the team. Yeah, so and I think that, I, yeah, I agree with you in concept that there aren't any ones that add, but it's only because I don't think you can fit it in at a, at a regular build. Um, you need quite a lot of money um, in order to be able to have um, two rerolls, sufficient players, um, and a, normally in a tournament, you'll need to have a, a star player outside of your bare 11. So, yeah, do you, so do you think he fits in? Because you can fit him into this build, for example, Gegstar, um, where you get two re-rolls, um, you get six pit fighters, you get both the heralds, which, you know, we, we both love, and then you get only two blood letters and the bloodthirster, and then you can take with a grasp as your 12th man and you've got 10K spare to, you know... Uh, what you value? One, two. That's 1.2. Yeah, that does fit. So you only get two blood letters. Is that, is that enough blood letters in a tournament? Well, that's that's that? fine, but 1.2 is not a standard tournament cost, though, is it, really? Not that yeah. many. 1 and 1.5 one are the most standard ones. So, yeah, you, he's, he's, he's great. And if that was, was 1.2, he's great. Because wrestle, tackle, um, prehensile tail, and tentacles, they are, there's, there's a really great combo for him to be your, your sweeper. Meaning, uh, and he, he'll be able to stay deep, be your sweeper, allowing you to have a herald that's running around trying to kill people. That's fair enough. And actually, an, another interesting star who you could take again, and this is the problem with Corden, we'll keep coming back to it, is that in a standard 1.1 or 1.15, 1 
you just can't get any extra stars and you're stuck with that tier four mentality if you can't really add anything extra in and you can't stack skills so it's a bit of a problem um but lord borak as well he's, he's basically for me when i'm looking at it, he's 120k upgrade on a blood tester um but if you're playing where he can't be part of your 11 he's effectively 180k upgrade because you've got to take an extra player but you could fit that in to a 1.12 on that standard build we talked about and you yeah. still got 20k to get the blood better so you could you could take the build we just talked about and take borak instead of a blood tester and he's you know a reliable strength five mighty blade block piece i mean that's not stupid is it it's not stupid but it's very expensive mm. But it does fit into 1.12. That's like that's that's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I think it goes back to that gig. So general chat about tournaments is that you've got to um, you've got to look at the build that's available to you, haven't you? I mean, you played. I mean, it's quite recent. Was it last year you got your 1,000th NAF game? Was it? Yeah, uh, in the Euro Bowl in Wales, which was 2018, um, I achieved my thousandth NAF game. Oh, congratulations! I mean, and listeners, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of you guys who played. You know, if you think about it, I mean, we, we do a lot of four-game or six-game events in London. Guys, you think about how many years you've got to play Blood Bowl and how much time you've got to spend to do that. It's just a phenomenal achievement. So congratulations, my friend. Very well done. It's an achievement. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> Is it? Uh, well, I mean, how phenomenal? I, I don't know. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Yogi recently um, on the PAT uh, race review about how much of his personal life he had to give up in order to get the golden gauntlet. <laughs> it's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I did sacrifice a relationship to do that. That's, that's fair. So, <laughs> we, as nerds, sometimes you have to take that, that ultimate step to become the ultimate nerd. But, you know. yeah, it, yeah, it's, 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 I like to think of it more in terms of um, some of the great times. Forget the number. The number is a, is a, is, is a rubbish number. Um, and I'm not going to ever. Th- I'm not going to say, "Oh, th- that amazing amount of number of games I've played uh, helped me win this plastic thing." Okay, that's not important. Um, it's far more important. Uh, we we play bubble because of the people we meet and um, uh, and the stories we can tell. Um, and that's that's what the that's what the thousand games is all about. Having more of those experiences than just a number. Yeah, and no, I actually think I'd fully agree. It's, it's so difficult at the moment when we're all separated from each other and not able to go to these events. That's like, you know, even, even busiest of us where we've got very busy professional lives and personal lives and stuff going on, um, just taking, you know, four weekends out a year to go and, you know, get, for example, this year, I was going to go to like the Bill Bally Cup. I was going to go to Euro Bowl and I was going to just get around and about and meet all these amazing people and play bubble against them. Um, what's a really good thing about um, the lockdown and, where Blood Bowl is good compared to some of the other games is, you know, we do have things like Fumble. And I know you, do you play on Fumble, Gagster? I don't know if you've played on it much or... Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I, I do know he's played on Fumble listeners, but yeah. Um, so I've been playing at a couple of the NAF Live events and, and it's actually been really nice. Like I played against, um, in the most recent NAF Live, I played against a French dude and a Belgian dude just to, just to chat with these guys that I've not been able to meet up with properly. We get a feel for how they're doing in lockdown and how it's going for them and just... Try and keep in contact with that and, and keep it going. It's been, it's been really nice. Well, it's great what Blood Bowl's all about, isn't it? It's a social experience. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just an exercise in frustration. <laughs> you, people who just turn up to try and win games, it's just annoying, isn't it? There's, there's no, that's not the reason to play the game, is it? I think you'd fully endorse that, wouldn't you? Absolutely, because you can't control that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it's where it's a very different game to um, Age of Sigmar 40K, actually, is that... Um, 
you're rolling, you're placing so much faith in one dice and the statistics, you know, the one in sixes and the one in nines, even the one in thirty twos that we all love and know. Um, it's just not the same in Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar, you're, or forty k, you're rolling like two hundred dice, and yeah, you might get unlucky, but, you, but often in Blood Bowl, you're rolling that single dice, and it brings so much frustration, doesn't it? Well, it's it's the brilliant part of the game. Um, it, well. It's not just the amount of dice, it's the turnover mechanic. That's the beauty of the game. Because you can be in control um, and, uh, or being completely bossed by your opponent. And then one dice, well, not normally one, normally a double, a, a double, a snake high or a double skulls. And the whole thing turns around. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it can be brutal, but <laughs> it also lends to a terrific narrative. And actually, I've, that's how I enjoy as well, Gigs. So like I played in the UK BBL last year. Sadly, this year I was literally on a plane from Australia back during the, the uh, UK BBL. So I couldn't, uh, not UK BBL, sorry, U, uh, UKTC. UKTC. Um, so I couldn't play in it. Um, but I played against a, a, a Spanish dude. And we were just loving the ridiculousness of the, I was losing, but I was love, we were both enjoying the ridiculousness of the dice. And I found that fun and enjoyable because we both play the game. And we both get immersed in that. In, in that and when you've had it happen to you and happen to your opponent you've just got to be able to enjoy it and allow them to enjoy it as well because that's the game it's, it's just it's right. just funny and enjoyable <laughs> and, and what's about narrative is that game you you might well remember some of the parts of that game years and years down the line which is quite extraordinary really that you're that a series of dice in a series in a, in a game that was one of thousands hundreds of games you played you've got very clear memory and it's the, it's because of the emotions and the story that you can remember from it <laughs> and it sticks in your mind doesn't it all right gangster um i think that probably draws a line under the demons of corn um have you got anything more to add other than don't do it never play them <laughs> have you got anything more to add on the team <laughs> no i've told, i said repeatedly they're not very good but um they are uh they're they're really interesting they're a challenge um at all levels. Once, at one point, they're going to have a lot of skills and a lot of kill stuff, and maybe they'll be a bit, bit boring then. But until you get that point, um, they are an incredible challenge. You'll be out of position. Um, you've got to think how you're doing that. You're, uh, you've got no ball handlers. You've got no one that can block reliably. Um, they are quite extraordinary, quite frankly. <laughs> and uh, I am delighted that I... Uh, was massively wrong when I was a bit of a, a naysayer at their, at their outset. No, absolutely. And you managed to win the ECBBL with them, Gangster. So, you know, they've, they, they, they dragged you along and managed to get you up there, didn't they? <laughs> well, yeah. But a lot of crazy things happen in Blood Bowl, so we can't really draw any conclusions from one thing. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, thanks, mate, for coming on. It's been really great to have you on. Will you be back to talk about Amazons, do you think? You could replace me with a bag of sand. <laughs> so I think that's the Amazon podcast right there, isn't it? Race review done. Replace Gags with a bag of sand and we're finished. We've two and one. Two and one. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. It, of course. It'll be delight. I'll be delighted to do it, Tom. Thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for coming on. Um, I'm going to post a, a few links to the various NAF sites and bits and bobs we've talked about in this podcast. Um, and I hope, yeah, any of the beginners and uh, veteran players have enjoyed listening to this. And you can hit me up on Twitter um, and I'll put you in touch with Gigster if you want to ask him more questions and, um, and you can crack on with that. We're all one big part of one big Blood Bowl community, aren't we, Gigster? 
We are indeed. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, bye. There once was a man who made a mighty corn dog. Hardy flavor proved that dog the best. It was a hell of a man that made that corn dog with the hearty flavor that built the great old west. Corn dog, corn dog, corn dog, corn dog. Get my corn dog down at the diner. I order it just to prove I'm still a man. I run behind that counter to the rotisserie and I just shove them in my mouth with my hands. Corn dog, corn dog, corn flavor proved that dog the best it was a hell of a man that made that corn dog with the hearty flavor that built the great old